Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, December 9th, 2022. From Digit News, what's the main cause of avoidable cybersecurity incidents? What would you think? Well, according to a research from Tanium, this report that surveyed UK-based IT decision makers across a variety of industries, including the public sector, financial services, healthcare, and retail, show that 54% of respondents cited staff clicking on phishing links is the most common issue that can facilitate a successful cyber attack. The report also reveals, according to the article, cybersecurity problems that have been exasperated by the shift to hybrid work. 71% of businesses, owners, and partners finding it more difficult to defend against threats today than before the pandemic. Interesting statistics in this article. I would encourage you to check it out. From Tenable, they released a report November 30th. The results of a telemetry study examining the scope and impact of the critical Log4j vulnerability, also known as Log4Shell. According to the data collected from over 500 million tests, 72% of organizations remain vulnerable to the Log4Shell vulnerability as of October 1st, 2022 which I find absolutely amazing. There's been a lot of resources that have been allocated to fighting this. According to the press release from Tenable, one federal cabinet department reported that its security team had devoted 33,000 hours to Log4j vulnerability responses alone. Now, according to Tenable's tele telemetry, back in December of 2021, so a year ago, one in 10 assets was vulnerable to Log4Shell. And as of October of 2022, that had decreased to 2.5%. But still, one must think this has been around for obviously quite some time. Why do we still have 2.5% of assets vulnerable, at least as of a couple of months ago? It's a little disturbing. An article from CPO Magazine caught my eye for reasons that maybe you can relate to as well. Something I never really thought about before. I think you're all aware of, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, that the IHG's online booking system that was um, attacked some time ago, that this is the group that has a lot of different hotels in their repertoire, including the Holiday Inn Express is that chain, that they had exposed vulnerability of misconfiguration or poor configuration. The, they had used password QWERTY1234, and this caused some issues with regards to IHG and booking and so on and so forth, and also potentially caused some exposure of some information. But that's not the reason why I chose this article. The reason why I chose it is, and I, I don't think I was aware of this, the, the large amount of these hotels that you see when you're driving on the interstate off to the side and all of that, they're actually owned by franchise owners, so small business owners. And these are small business owners that don't have the control, if you will, over the technology within their environment. They pay a certain percentage of the income from their rooms for the technology that is within the hotel itself. And so when some of their customers are impacted, there's nothing they could have done to prevent it. And yet they potentially feel the result of that. 
And the article goes on to describe that a little bit more, how there needs to be some more discussion between the small and mid-sized business owners and the franchise, large organizations that they depend on. I agree. It's interesting that this is that this is an issue and be interesting also to see if there's some movement with regards to that. I know that if I was an owner of, say, a Holiday Inn Express and this happened, that that would be very concerning to me. Next up, an interesting article from the Evening Standard, why SMEs should prioritize outsourcing their cybersecurity. So just a little note on acronym, in uh, the European theater, SMEs, um, small and mid-sized enterprises, is roughly the equivalent to SMEs, small and mid-sized businesses here in the United States. And the article is interesting in what it's missing, I think. They, they rightfully, I totally agree with, talking about how organizations, small and mid-sized businesses, can better secure their infrastructure if they, if they focus on a core team of, my term, uh, generalists, if you will, and then outsource some of the specifics of cybersecurity to those that actually do this um, that, that are really uh, professional organizations that really have the uh, expertise on staff to do all that. I totally agree with that. I think that that's a great approach. But they kind of wrap it all saying that a good CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, would be able then to manage all of this. I think where they hit the mark, you probably know where I'm going with this, is that for some small and mid-sized businesses, they, they don't even require a CISO. They can, they can do this with a qualified, that is the important part, qualified virtual CISO. A virtual CISO can do the exact same thing as a CISO with regards to helping small and mid-sized businesses look at their tool set, their inventory, look at um, what tools are being effective, what tools are not being effective. Maybe there's some overlap of tools. Maybe there's some overlap in, in um, abilities and also that there's gaps there and really streamline that all together. So good article. I encourage looking at it, but I think that they could have talked a little bit more about the virtual CISO space as well. And then finally, my, my favorite Friday activity at the end of the year is talking about predictions for 2023. This week's prediction list comes from VentureBeat. Now, just to refresh, if you're not aware of how I do this, I don't look at the article beforehand. I just go through the article itself while I'm talking to you and offer my raw thoughts on it as I go down the list. So this is again from VentureBeat. Forrester analysts share five shocking cybersecurity predictions for 2023. So first of all, I'm going to say just out the gate, I'm glad that this isn't your standard 10, which seems to be the what standard that folks need to align to for whatever reason. But I'm expecting these to be shocking because that's what the article says, the headline says. So let's go down and look at the first one. So number one, more than 50% of chief risk officers will report directly to the CEO. As firms embrace innovation and digital strategies, they now face unprecedented change from systemic risk forces. Well, you know what? Um, a lot of firms don't actually have the role of a chief risk officer. I actually like this, um, particularly like in financial services. You see that a lot where there's a CRO and the CRO does report to the CEO. And a lot of times InfoSec reports to the chief risk officer. I think that's great because information security is risk management. But before you could have 50% of CROs reporting to the CEO, I think I'd like to see more instances of organizations actually creating an executive level 
risk officer. Number two, a C-level executive will be fired for their firm's use of employee monitoring. With the rise of remote and anywhere work options, some employers are turning to technologies for electronic monitoring of their employees. Companies must prioritize privacy rights and employee experience if implementing any monitoring technology, whether it's for tracking employee productivity, enabling a return to office strategy, or addressing concerns of insider risk. Don't know about this one. I know that uh, pretty much, at least here in the States, everything that you do within the um, infrastructure of the company is subject to monitoring within reason, of course, but um, that reason can be pretty broad because basically you're using company-owned assets. Maybe a little bit different if you look into Europe and the GDPR and some areas here within the state, such as uh, California and so forth. Number three, expect three cyber insurers to acquire MDR providers. Now, this is very interesting. I would like to see if this actually happens. So managed detection and response uh, providers being acquired by cybersecurity insurers, cyber insurers. Cyber insurers over the last few years, particularly the last year and a half, it seems like are really, really, really focusing more on providing tools for they're insured to ensure that their infrastructure is is and their processes are insured are, are as um, secure as possible. And obviously, they have a financial reason for this so that they don't have to pay out a claim. If they start coming into the space of offering up tools, are we crossing the streams there? Are they going to become MSPs? Are they going to be self-insured? I don't know about that, but we'll see. That's an interesting approach. Next one, an organization will sue an offensive security tool provider for causing their breach. I don't know about that. I think just about every tool that you have uh, ensures, has some sort of a disclaimer that basically, and this is just my wording, we're providing you with a tool. We're doing the best we can, and we can back it up with best practices and so forth, but we can't guarantee that you're not going to get breached. And according to the article, the quote is here, as more of these tools crop up, enterprises and governments will pressure providers to ensure tools don't get into the wrong hands, which allow how those tools are created and shared. Okay, I can see that. This is talking about um, the exploit kits for like Cobalt Strike. That's, that's a pretty interesting approach on there, but I'm still not sure. And then I believe this is the last one. I haven't been keeping count. Global 500 firm will be exposed for burning out its cybersecurity employees. This is talking about uh, 2022 study finds that 66% of security team members experience significant stress at work and 64% have had work stress impact in their mental health. Um, exposed, maybe negative publicity. Okay. Um, I think that we've seen this happen before where we've seen firms that have been exposed because they're trying to do too much with too little, but maybe the article is thinking that this is going to be something greater. Well, anyway, those are the five from VentureBeat. Check it out. You can read some of the details yourself. And then finally, I have um, some thoughts totally unrelated to that, a little bit related to um, cybersecurity career and something that our firm is doing. And I'll talk about that in 30 seconds. One of the things that I think any 
small mid-sized business owner struggles with is growing your business. And particularly in a lot of instances, you have business owners that this is their first time going down that path. That's certainly the case for me. I, I've been quite open that I never saw myself going down the SMB owner route. And yet I went that route more than five years ago and have been slowly growing our firm, VCSO Services, for providing that for small and mid-sized businesses, the virtual chief information security officer and other risk management services. And I never really, I had sort of a, uh, a broad idea, if you will, and a broad business plan with regards to growth. But I wanted to see organically how things would work. And we have grown over the years and, it, and that's worked out well. We came to the point of wanting to hire a full-time risk analyst. We were working with a, with a part-time position that was uh, more of a contractor based. And because of several reasons, we decided that it made strategic importance for the organization to make that a full-time position as an employee, which was all fine and good. But I also started to think more and more about one of the, one of the challenges within cybersecurity is entry level. And I remember when I first started VCSO Services, I had a couple of folks uh, at Middle Tennessee State University, which I'm closely affiliated with, uh, being a graduate there and I'm an advisor for their um, College of Business Information uh, Systems and Analytics um, Department, asking if we had any internships available or any entry-level positions. And I'm like, well, we're a virtual CISO firm and we, we really need people who have had experience as CISOs in order to work. And then as time went on, realized that we can also help support our clients with some risk analyst position. They don't necessarily have to have been a virtual CISO, but they need to understand risk management principles and have some experience in that field. However, one of my missions of VCSO services has always been as best as I can to help support education. That's why we endowed a scholarship for Middle Tennessee State University last year, and hopefully we'll do more in that arena. Now, entry level can be a little bit difficult because there's more resources involved in training somebody, particularly if they've never really worked in cybersecurity before, maybe have done classwork. But I came to the realization that this is what the next step for the firm, what we need to do. We need to help foster bringing people on board. And, and besides, it's a wonderful opportunity for somebody who's just starting out to have contact with several of our virtual CISOs who have decades of experience in the field. Where else are you going to get that experience coming straight out of college or coming straight out of having a certification? That's another thing that we decided to do. We're not going to require a college degree. We would like to see either a degree or a certification, but we're going to look at the entire package and hopefully we'll find the right match for the right person who can use this as the first and solid step in their long cybersecurity career. If you know anybody who's interested in applying for that, the link to the Indeed job description and how to apply is in the show notes. It's something again, like I said, I'm passionate about and we'll see how it goes.
everything owning and running a small business is a new challenge every day. I, I, I look forward to it every time. And that's it for this day and this week. I thought, I hope you all have had a great week and we'll have a great weekend and we'll catch up with you again on Monday for the VCM Quick Strike. Until then, stay secure. <laughs>